This is Jenny Allen, and you are listening to the Made For This podcast. Thanks to HelloFresh for supporting Made For This. Go to HelloFresh.com slash MadeForThis14 and use code MadeForThis14 for up to 14 free meals plus free shipping. And now, here's Jenny. Guys, this is way too long in the making. Rebecca Lyons on the podcast, one of my dearest friends. I mean, not just, I just need to, like clarify what that means here. Because for a lot of us, we are friends online. We hang out once or twice. But Rebecca and I have done life off and on together for eight, nine years. Like we have, we know each other's kids. Our kids are friends. We travel with each other. Gabe and Rebecca Lyons are two of our most trusted, safe, easy, fun friends. And we talk about everything. We get together and it's just like all of us just run our mouths for so long because we all feel so kindred and just safe (laughs) talking about it all. So you guys are in for it. You're welcome into our friendship and into our conversations. And today, though, what I'm excited to talk to you about, Rebecca, is this new devotional because, I mean, first of all, your life, like the way you talk, the way you write, the way you lead is devotional. It's, It's how you communicate. And so... This is a long time coming for you to have a devotional. Does it feel so fun to create this? The answer is yes, because the book is called A Surrendered Yes. <laughs> and I think that was even around the idea of a devotional. I was a little nervous about doing a devotional initially. I'm kind of a nerd that likes numbers and scripture and putting science and faith together. And I wasn't sure if, de- if I could do a devotional justice, mm. but I really love the topic And it definitely, I've seen you live it. I've seen so many of our friends live it. And I think people don't want to surrender. And so I thought, let's, let's talk about it. Well, and it is, I mean, I was telling my girls, I disciple last night in my living room. I said, you want to know, like, this is following God. It is surrender. It's not, there's not like another way to do it. There's not, you know, a secret other formula. It's just, you let go and you trust him and you obey him. And that's, I mean, again, I've seen you live that too. And this is a message. When I met you, Rebecca, that many years ago, you were already saying these words. This was who you were. This is a life message. This isn't something that God's shown you recently. And maybe let's go back to that of just where you learned this and how this came to life for you personally. Yeah. Well, about 10 years ago, 11 years ago, when we moved to New York, that was a version of surrender. I feel like every decade, the Lord has invited me to put all the chips back in the middle of the table. Like, are you all in? Is there still an ounce of reckless abandon in you? And I felt like that happened at 26 when Cade was born. And six hours later, we got a Down syndrome diagnosis. So that was my entree to motherhood. So that was surrendering my vision of what I thought motherhood would look like or what looked like for him initially. And then I think a decade later, we go to New York, we leave the suburbs of the South and Christianville and we descend on Manhattan, you know, with just a real heart for the lost. And that was letting go and selling what we had and leaving our friends. And so that was another surrender that was, again, there's a reluctance sometimes to obedience most times because God's invitation always requires sacrifice. But then even in that season of uh, panic attacks and anxiety. And that was a very new thing for me upon getting to New York. I do remember writing that story a couple of years later, and I kept asking the publisher, can we make the subtitle 
uh, it was free fall to fly, a breathtaking journey toward a life of surrender. And they're like, no, nobody's going to want to read that that. book. (laughs) And so I was like, but I mean, and so then we went with meaning because we know now that meaning follows surrender. We all want the life that's full of purpose and passion and enthusiasm and joy, but it actually follows sacrifice and surrender. It's like how death always precedes resurrection. We want the resurrection life, but the surrender of death is actually something that has to come first. And so that's what I learned three times every decade, it feels like in my adult life. And of course we all have versions of that growing up that we probably, if we looked close enough, we would find those areas of surrender in every like hallmark turning point of our life is always this, this God leaning in and saying, do you trust me? Do you trust me? And I feel that echo all the time on a daily basis. And I also feel it in more meta levels on a, on a, and on a every 10 year basis. And Mm. And I think God is in the big yes, and he's in the everyday yes, and he's asking us all the time, do you trust me? I actually want to lift up above all of it and say, do you think it's something that is almost like God's developing it in us through, because a lot of the moments you named were somewhat put upon you, right? They were circumstantial. Do you think it's something that he builds in us, or is it something that we choose and could bypass the circumstance? I think it's both. I think surrender chooses us through God's just invitation and interruption. You know, like COVID would be a great example of it chose. We didn't, we didn't have a whole lot of say in that, but I also think that we choose it. We get to the choice when it's, once it chooses us to choose it back. So we can, we can run and we can, we can hide and we can numb out and escape, or we can embrace and we can just decide there's something here that God wants to fortify in my faith. He wants to, he wants to deepen in my relationships and he wants to, you know, count it joy when you face trial in James one, because it makes you perfect and complete, ultimately lacking nothing, which of course we won't see the fullness of that this side of eternity, but we do understand what maturity looks like. And that, that, trials and suffering produces uh, endurance and endurance, faith and faith, um, hope. And so there is this sense of going, okay, Lord, I want, I want to have hope even when I can't see that's what faith is about. Uh, Knowing very much so though, that, that it's a daily decision. And I do think the Lord, like when you say, do we choose it? Or I do think that the Lord invites us into things and how we respond to that sets us up for the next thing that mm-hmm. he's going to invite us into. And, and that was really kind of this ultimate idea around this devotional was that I, when God brought joy into our lives three years ago, I had such a hard time with it. We were at 20 years marriage, quote unquote, five years to, to being empty nesters and just thought the gap was too big, but we had always thought if we adopted, we wanted to choose Down syndrome this time. Mm. And so we, we find out about this girl in China, five and a half years old, still in an orphanage at five and a half, 18 cribs in a room, bottle fed diapers. And I was so afraid because I just thought, oh, I feel like I felt the day I got Kate's diagnosis, except 17 years later. And I, all of a sudden I just felt the Lord so strong while I'm kind of crying to my husband after about two weeks of deliberating this decision. And I said, perhaps God gave us Cade 17 years ago because he knew then there would be a joy Mm. and that we would say yes. And so I, I, I think that's how surrender works. I think there's this like, there's this narrative arc that we're all the protagonists walking out in our lives, our, our journeys. And God is just saying, I'm pulling the thread. 
I'm pulling the thread through your life and everything will lead to the next thing and it will lead to the next thing. And how you respond to me will dictate your opportunities for more yes, your opportunities for more surrender and more growth. So you know this and you know, right now keep it private to the world, but I'm walking through a similar situation with someone I love. And the words that 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 person is saying right now is it just feels like God is mean. It just feels like he is putting me through an unusual amount of turmoil. And I know that surrender often does come from suffering. It often comes from looking ahead and feeling like it's just pitch black and and there's nothing to do but either trust God or die, right? It's like there's I can't do it on my own and and therefore I have to surrender. And that's what I'm watching this person that I love do. And she is trusting God, but there's also, I think, another narrative in the back of her mind that this doesn't feel loving. Almost like, Rebecca, he's so after my surrender that he would do anything to get it. Almost like I'll torture you or punish you. That's, I think that she's not saying those words, but I think that's what down deep she worries about that God would be mean like that. Well, here's what it, here's what it feels like, right? When God asks for everything, he really is jealous. He's a jealous God and he's jealous for your heart. And what I found in the invitation was less of, I mean, yes, it felt mean, but what it meant was, are you mine? Like, are you going to give me your, yourself every are you willing to lose your life as you know it and man we can talk we can quote scripture all day long and and talk about hey if you lose your life you find it right gain the whole world and lose your soul why would you ever want that but yet we do it every day we gain the whole world and we lose our soul and so when god is trying to pull us back off the edge of gaining the world he's saying do you want to keep the world or do you want to keep your soul? And if it, if you want to keep your soul, it means you're going to have to run from what the world tells you you need for success or security or for joy or for happiness. And I find that it stinks to say it out loud, but it's true that when we lose our version of what we think our life should look like, then God is back at the wheel. He's at the helm. He gets to show up in radical ways. It doesn't mean that every day is simple. It just means he's with us no matter what, no matter how hard. And I, you and I both have friends who are walking through hard that just seems endless. Mm. It seems endless. And yes, that could feel very cruel. It really could. But even in the days that I remember like a year ago with Cade and he had the hardest year after we brought Joy home, I was like, wait a minute, you know? I remember going on walking the woods, just having an ugly cry with the Lord. And I just said, are you going to lift this? Like I'm in, I said I was in, I'm in, I'm walking it. And it's been a long road of endurance. And I just want to know, are you going to lift it? Like, and, and honestly, <laughs> like clears the bell. The Lord said, not yet. Mm. And I was like, no, 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 no. Bad answer. <laughs> not, this was not a like, um, maybe yes, if you say the right things and you do the right things. Cause I, wa- I, I was on my face before the Lord a lot. And he said, not yet, but he said, but I will be with you for as many wailing walks as you need. And I was like, that's nice. <laughs> but it took a moment because in the moment of even surrendering to the outcome that I wanted in that moment, right? Because a faith journey of whatever yours looks like or mine looks like. It doesn't mean because you have a child with a different ability that your journey looks harder. It doesn't. 
of so many friends who had far more traumatic experiences, parents um, just trying to fight to keep their kids from taking their own lives mm -hmm. or you're right. Like we don't get to quantify what's safe and, and what's, what's not, you know? And I, I just think in that struggle of parenting and in the unknown place, it, we've said yes to the journey of witness. That's what we're saying. We're saying yes to the journey of intimacy and communion and dependence. And as a result, freedom. And it doesn't mean it ends and that like it's all buttoned up because it's not about the destination. It's about walking with God. And the more keenly aware I am that I need God or I'm desperate for God, the more present and visible He is my everything. He is. He just becomes my everything. The noise of the world just fades. It fades. And it's not that things aren't hard out there. I know they are. But when things are hard right in front of you, you tend to kind of put your head down and go, Lord, this is what yeah. you've entrusted to me that I can affect change and I can make a difference here. So help me to be faithful in that. I love that answer as much as I don't love that answer because it is true that my relationship with God, and I think it's probably true for everybody listening too, has been built in the valleys. It's been built in the dark moments, right? It's not built when everything is working out. It's built in the times where it feels like I, I don't have anything else. And yet he comes through and you and you see it happen. And I would say to those of you listening that feel like, you know, gosh, I don't, if I let go, it could get worse. If I let go, my worst fears might happen. I would say they may happen anyway. <laughs> but there is something about building a walk with God with that breathing in and breathing out, that exhale and that trust being built over days and weeks and months and years that prepares you for those moments in ways that that holding on and trying to control it doesn't. You know, I've been writing about, I think you know, I've been writing about community for the last year and a half. And one of the devotions I loved in this book, and I was surprised was in the book, was about, you know, surrender when it came to friendships. And so talk just a little bit about that. And I'm actually going to read a line from this, but what if we let God be in charge of our friendships? What if we trusted that he places the right people in our lives at the right times? When we're authentic, when we bless and love, we find a community of love. It's the community that gives us the courage to go into the world as the blessing we were made to be, to reach out, to be intentional, be the friend you wish that you had. And what I like about this is you say two things that seem in, in contradiction to each other, but I don't believe they are and you don't believe they are. But I want to talk about that. When you trust God to bring the friendships and you're in the right place, and then you end it with, you can be intentional. And there, there's a both and, right? There's a trust and then there's also an obey. It's not just sit back and let things happen. That's not what we're talking about when we talk about surrender. It's also being intentional. So talk about just how that flushes itself out in relationships in your life of doing both those things because they do feel just on paper like these things are are contradictory, but they're not. Well, part of it's just holding it uh, with stewardship, right? So when I say, what if we trust God with our friendships? It's trusting that God will bring the people in our lives uh, that he has for us to learn from, 
and he has for us to teach them as well. Like I'm all about reciprocity and friendship. It means both parties need to bring their whole selves to the relationship. And I think that's sometimes why you go in fully invested. You do. If God entrusts somebody to you, a lot of my friends now, after being in Nashville for seven years, look different than the ones that I imagined coming in. And that's just always what God does. He surprises us with who he has for us. And I want to always be open to that versus like, this is kind of my person and they look just like me and they, and they enjoy the same things. No, I feel like the most, the deepest connection I find with friends are ones who just look very different and have different perspectives and have different life experience in every way. And I find that so intriguing. I Mm -hmm. lean in, I'm so curious, tell me more. And, and so when I say trust God, if I trust that he knows what's going to grow you, because we want friendships that are going to, that are going to prune us and refine us and purify us through that kind of iron sharpening iron relationship. And then the other side of going, there are going to come times in friendships where there, that reciprocity is lost, where one person has always been the vulnerable one and the other one has been the fixer. They're the listener and they have a lot of advice, but they're never actually willing to risk in relationship to show their own vulnerability. And I, and I don't think those relationships last very long because for whatever reason, one cannot force the other person to be open and vulnerable. You know, like everyone shares to the level of uh, freedom that they feel, uh, openness or healing that they've walked through. And we're not always on the same page on, on that pace of what that looks like. Sometimes when we're going something really hard in that moment, we just are keeping it below the belt. But I know that if you have a few trusted friends that you know are safe, they haven't broken trust, you can share with them. They meet you with empathy. They're not trying to fix you or give you five rounds of advice. They're Mm. with you again. And this goes back to what I was just talking about. The reason why the surrender is beautiful is God is with us. And so he offers that as a communal God to us as a communal people, that we are better with each other, bearing one another's burdens and love, celebrating together. Um, But we've got to bring our whole selves to, to each other for that to actually be successful. guys we are in those final days of summer and I don't know about you but we are squeezing in all the last minute fun things with the kids and grilling and being outside before school starts and HelloFresh has everything you need to get grilling they have grilling bundles burger packs surf and turf and even more and so many different fun options which means less shopping for you and more grilling I'm enjoying my meal planning cooking and eating with HelloFresh America's number one meal kit And they are offering you guys up to 14 free meals plus free shipping when you go to HelloFresh.com slash MadeForThis14 and use code MadeForThis14. So every week I get on my HelloFresh app and I get to choose from like 50 different menu and market items each week. So they have awesome vegetarian options and craft burgers and extra special gourmet options. When I'm going through and picking my meals, I make sure to pick some of the HelloFresh quick and easy meals because there are so many 15 to 20 minute dinners and breakfast on the go and 10 minute lunches. So it's perfect for your busy schedule. What's great about HelloFresh is you get the exact right amount of ingredients. We have personally loved doing HelloFresh this summer and it's been such a nice change of pace from me kind of making the same meals all the time. And it just makes it fun to cook with the boys and they love every single meal. So go to HelloFresh.com slash MadeForThis14 and use code MadeForThis14 for up to 14 free meals plus free shipping. And now, back to Jenny. Do you feel? 
feel like the internet has complicated the simple things of following Jesus? Well, yeah, because we're watching everyone else do their version of that because obedience looks different for everyone. God's Mm -hmm. got a very specific call and assignment for every one of us. And for whatever reason, internet likes to lump us all in one bucket. And God's like, my imagination and my creativity is far too vast for whatever silos you guys have created. My personal, unique, intimate invitation to every single one of you is going to ask for all of you. It's going to ask for your whole heart, losing your life, leaning in. Because in the end, back to what you, we were talking about earlier, I don't want to sound like doomsday girl, like like surrender with God is just going to stink, right? <laughs> it's it's that it's that He becomes the prize. He becomes the prize on a daily basis, and all of a sudden, those mercies are new every morning. And it there is a sunrise. I love sitting on my front porch and watching the sunrise and hearing the birds and just being reminded of God's like, hey, I care about them. How much more do I care about you? It's just that love is able to be received when you're in that kind of daily cadence. And I think that extends when we're getting that from God, then we're pouring that out in the overflow in our friendships. I'm able to be a better friend to you, Jenny, when I feel secure and confident that my safe place is in God Mm -hmm. versus my safe place is in, you know, what you think of me or if you called me back or texted me, right? Like sometimes we put those pressures on one another that only God can feel as far as I did identity shaping and our, our stability as beloved, then from that place of assuredness, then we can offer, offer, offer. To me, friendships are about initiating first, right? Mm-hmm. Initiating and, and reaching out first, knowing that that only is coming from God, not from striving, not from trying to compete, not from comparing, but going, if, if I'm a best, if the best friend I can be for Jenny is what God, is coming from a place of what God has already given me first. You know, as we look ahead and see, you know, the way the world's changing, I mean, it, it is, and it's kind of almost changing before our eyes in probably ways that we haven't seen in our lifetime. It does feel like there's unique challenges ahead. How do you feel when you look ahead, when you're thinking about leadership and the future and doing the things that we have to do as parents and as leaders and trusting God with all of that? Like, what are your fears and what are you excited about? I love and hate this question. <laughs> Because I, I think for a long season, I have felt hidden in my perspective of what's happening hmm. uh, in the world, partly because it's such uncharted territory and we're all doing our best at trying to, you know, venture out and, and speak for what God has. I feel a lot of reverence and um, partial reverence and reluctance to speak for God. It, and, and I know that's not what you're asking, but... But what I'm sensing and hit and stirring, I think I came out when COVID began, like God's just going to like get the church to just fall at his knees and repentance. And we're going to see a revival and we're an awakening and we're all in and we're just like, yes, Lord more. And I just felt so like on fire for that. The first four weeks of quarantine. (laughs) (laughs) And then I think what I realized is like, Actually, what's happening in a societal way is a wave, a tsunami of fear. It's just a tsunami and a culture of fear that is swallowing people whole. And so as I watch that, I start to go, okay, Lord, I know you're not the, you don't give us a spirit of fear in 2 Timothy 1, 7. You give us power, love, and a sound mind. And so if I want to keep myself from being swept up in the tsunami of fear, 
then I need to retreat. I'd actually have to jump out of that tsunami. I have to get away from the, the riptide. And, and so what that has looked for me is a little bit of retreat and fortify and, uh, and preparedness. There's a sense of going, God, I, it's almost like I'm at boot camp with my brain right now. And I'm in boot camp with the Lord right now. And I'm in boot camp with my community because I'm saying, Lord, I'm not even positive what you have, but I know all things are redemptive. I know all things work together for the, for the good of those who love God and who are called according to his purpose. So I, I trust that that's true, even though it's foggy in the interim. And so what I'm seeing is there's actually a lot of, courage begetting courage offline and more sincerity. I have found more sincerity in our churches and mm -hmm. other people that I've just had. I feel like offline people are just, the walls are down. Yeah. The walls are down. People are honest and they're vulnerable and they're mm -hmm. doing all the things we're talking about in friendship, which means that there's a real health bubbling up from yeah. below the surface, like in an organic way that's yeah. not contrived. It's not put out there with a Bible verse. It's, it's actually right. real. And, and so as a result, that gives me a lot of faith and courage and encouragement encourages to put courage in. So I feel like if we're doing that in our, in our quiet spaces, in our real intimate and honest places, then we're bringing actually a healthier gift to the body than right. we were before when we were loud and we okay. looked pretty. And I'm, and I'm glad for that. I'm mm -hmm. glad that I'm a, I'm a different person. I'm stronger. I, I, I really truly feel more stronger, more courageous than I even did a couple of years ago, but it wouldn't appear that way necessarily online. I, I second that as your friend. I do feel like all of us, there's a steadiness and a resolve that is bubbling up that is exciting to me because I, I don't know, it just feels like the the game of it's over and the not that any of us were playing games or meant to, but I do think we were just stumbling our way through something that that feels gone. And and while it is a little bit there's there's things we lost in that, right? Like there's some comforts and maybe some easier times that that we are past now. I don't know. It doesn't I just I keep waiting for someone's answer to scare me. And I agree with you. I think it's it's hopeful. And again, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what's ahead. Let's end here. You have never written a devotional. This is the first one. And what do you picture, Rebecca? Like when people are, you know, it's different than a book, right? It's beside their bed. It's something they they wake up to and they open and, and they spend a long amount of time with you going through it. So talk about just what you picture happening. Well, I hope that it gives courage to people who are uh, have that nudge, you know, that nudge, that whisper, that sand in your shoe that you can't shake, right? That that invitation of God that's probably been back there for a long time. And maybe there's small ways of just practical habits and rhythms that I've written about in the past. It's like, hey, let's start the day with gratitude or let's, let's make sure we um, are vulnerable in our friendships or call and extend ourselves. And, and so that I'm excited about. But I would, I would say the bigger thing that I'm excited about is that, that when they read this each morning, that they would actually draw near to God and he would draw near to him. He says, um, he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And I think there's a lot of people out there right now that are on the brink in this quote unquote tsunami of fear that are on the brink of actually like 
shining in their destiny, shining in their God-given anointing and purpose that was established for them in the womb, that maybe they've been shirking or shrinking around or somehow avoiding or kind of doing like the version, kind of the behind the scenes version of that, if you will. Um, but I think I love, I love to quote Kurt Thompson, when we're seen and known and loved in the absence of shame, we can create beautiful things. And so I'm thinking about that person as they read the devotional, that they, that they feel seen and they feel known and they feel loved by God. And with that, they feel and hear his invitation with him to create something beautiful, something that is just the, the idea of calling that takes everything you have from your whole being and expands it in the process. You know, like when you're done preaching or whatever the thing is, I know you and I have similar things that make us feel alive. Like I remember when I first started teaching, I'm like, I feel alive. Like, like I'm almost on fire. And then you go back to the the airport and you feel like a puddle on the floor because you've given everything. You're like, I'm literally a puddle. I don't have a single thing. And yet your heart is so glad. Buchner talks about, he says, calling is where the world's deep hunger and our deep gladness meet. And so I'm hopeful that in this surrendered yes, it's a surrendered yes to God's invitation of stepping out, of risking, of trusting, of sacrificing, and then flying, just going, soaring on the wings, knowing that God goes before you and that He brings people around. we really couldn't think of anybody better than Rebecca to join us to talk about surrender. Rebecca lives out surrender in her day-to-day life, and we know you'll love her new devotional coming out called A Surrendered Yes. I'll make sure to put the link to that in our show notes so you can go pre-order that today. And we are so glad you guys joined us today for another episode of the Made For This podcast. Podcast.